Ahsoka Tano, a Togruta female, an ex-Jedi Padawan, a commander in the Grand Army of the Republic, and a hero. Throughout the Star Wars timeline, Ahsoka Tano has been a very important figure in its history. And now that she's made her live-action debut in The Mandalorian, it's time that we brush up on our knowledge of this mysterious sorcerer. Here are ten crazy facts about Ahsoka Tano that maybe you didn't know. So sit back, relax, you're listening to Han Talks First. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you're having a great week. I'm sorry that this episode was a little delayed. Uh, we had some technical difficulties that I had to, you know, sort out, and um, so it was a couple hours behind schedule. But I wanted to make sure to work really hard to make sure it still got out on this Wednesday. So I hope you guys enjoy. I put a lot of work into this this episode, and um, I'm really happy with how it turned out. And I actually learned some things that I didn't know in the process of making this episode this week. So earlier this Monday, we did our regular recap of the Mandalorian, uh, the Jedi episode, which was fantastic. And tomorrow we're getting the sixth episode, which is probably going to be them going to the Jedi temple. We speculated a little bit in last week's episode, me and Dean. So if you want to go back and listen to that, please go right ahead. It would mean a lot. And then yesterday we had an episode come out discussing our top moments from The Mandalorian Season 1, which I was joined by Lando from Sith Talkers. Uh, Just going to go ahead and shout them out again. Sith Talkers, they have a YouTube and a podcast channel. Uh, They're one of my favorite collaborators, and I love those guys. They do amazing work, and if you're Star Wars fans like me, you're probably going to love their content. So please go and check out their stuff. So, Yeah, we're talking about Ahsoka today, and you know, Ahsoka is uh, a character with a very rich history, and it it was important for us to talk about it now because she's finally made a reappearance in live-action format, which is something I never thought we'd see, honestly, so it's really great to see. She's, of course, is played by Rosario Dawson, who's a great actress, and she played Ahsoka very well, I think captured all the mannerisms and the way she spoke and just kind of grasped the idea of who this character was down to its core. The voice actress was played by um, Ashley Eckstein, who is just as equally important, if not more important, um, to bringing this character to life than um, Rosario. But they each bring something a little different. And then, of course, we'll be talking about Dave Filoni and George Lucas, all of whom made this character so important to the Star Wars franchise. So before we get into the top 10 crazy facts about Ahsoka Tano, let's jump into our first segment of Han Talks First. Star Wars Replay! Star Wars Replay is where we replay major moments and events that happened this week in Star Wars history. And this week, back in 1977, in New York City, 1,500 fans showed up at the Bloomingdale's department store where Darth Vader was signing posters of himself. This is one of the first and few times shortly after the first film's release that he was doing this, so it was a very special time. In 
and then in 1998, the teaser trailer for The Phantom Menace was released in the UK. Following that, in 1999, The Phantom Menace was re-released for one week in 360 cities in North America, and it grossed more than $2 million in one week, and all the proceeds went to 180 different charities. And lastly, in 2004, The Knights of the Old Republic 2 was released on Xbox. Do you feel old yet? Join us next week for Star Wars Replay, and we'll talk about events in history that happen next week. And now, on to the main event, all about Ahsoka Tano. So these top 10 interesting facts about Ahsoka Tano are in no particular order, but I did save what I believe to be the most um, interesting one for last. So starting off at number one is... How did Ahsoka Tano become Anakin's apprentice? To understand this question, we have to understand more about where Ahsoka comes from and her background. And Ahsoka Tano was discovered by Plo Koon, actually, at the age of three. And she was accepted into the Jedi Order with his help. When she was 14, Jedi Master Yoda granted Ahsoka the rank of Padawan and sent her off to Christophsis. She was sent there to be apprenticed by another Jedi. And there she met Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. Understandably, Obi-Wan thought that the girl was going to be his new apprentice, as Anakin had graduated to become a Jedi Knight. And that was short-lived when he realized that she had actually been assigned to Anakin rather than him. Anakin initially was bristled at the idea of having an apprentice, and their early interactions were playfully contentious. He called her snips for her witty remarks, and Ahsoka called him Sky Guy, which a lot of people had a problem with when the Clone Wars first came out. But their relationship began to grow, and Anakin gained a newfound respect for Ahsoka when she creatively destroyed a Separatist shield generator, saving his life in the process. Number two, what is the significance of her headdress? Ahsoka wears an intricate headdress atop her mantles. The triangle pieces in the headdress are supposedly made from the teeth of an Akul. The Akul is a large, four-legged orange creature that devastates the environment in which it lives, causing havoc among native Torgudas. And this headpiece could only be worn by those who had actually slain the Akul themselves. So at some point during her youth, between listening to Yoda's lectures and study sessions at the Jedi Archives, Ahsoka went out and slaughtered a giant carnivorous beast. Fun fact, Shakti is actually the only other Jedi we know of who also sports this same headdress so she must have taken in a cooldown as well. Number three, how did Ahsoka escape Order 66? After witnessing the fallout from Order 66, which caused the deaths of most, most Jedi, Ahsoka and her friend Rex decided to fake their own deaths, hoping it would throw the Empire off their trail. They created a fake grave marker for Rex, and in the inscription, they noticed that the clone trooper captain had slain Ahsoka in battle. She even went so far as to plant someone else's dead body inside the grave. But most importantly, Ahsoka even planted her lightsabers in the dirt around the gravesite, which made her death appear even more convincing, since Jedi, of course, are rarely willing to part with their lightsabers. Number four. She is one of the most elite Jedis. Within the Star Wars canon, only a few characters have been known to deactivate an opponent's lightsaber with the Force. It's a skill reserved for people who are particularly strong in the Force. And this was one skill that Ahsoka had herself, was to be able to deactivate her opponent's lightsaber 
during a duel. During a duel in the show Rebels, Ahsoka actually uses the Force to deactivate the Seventh Sister's lightsaber, shocking her enemy. The only other characters that we've seen deactivate an opponent's lightsaber in canon are Yoda, who deactivates Ventress's lightsaber in the first episode of The Clone Wars. And, of course, the Sun, who deactivates the Jedi's lightsabers in the Clone Wars Modus arc, Mortis arc. excuse me. And Yoda is one of the greatest Jedi Masters of all time, and the Sun is basically a living embodiment of the Force, so this must mean that Ahsoka is also in its elite company. Number five. Her unique white lightsabers, what do they mean and how did she get them? So it was after the Clone Wars that Ahsoka gained her famous set of white lightsabers. And during time on the run, Ahsoka finally admitted to herself that she needed a lightsaber back. But hers was long gone. She kept feeling some sort of sensation within the Force, and she eventually realized that there were two kyber crystals calling to her. These crystals had happened to belong to none other than the Sixth Brother, one of the Inquisitors. And she won the battle and took the crystals from him. She healed the bleeding crystals and put them in the lightsabers that she had designed and built herself. And from this moment on, her lightsabers have been white. There is admittedly some dispute for the reason of this color. Some believe it happens when bleeding crystals have been healed. Others believe it signifies that Ahsoka's lack of alliance to the Jedi or the Sith. Number six. Number six is all about the creation of the Ahsoka Tano character and how Ahsoka Tano was actually never meant to be a major character in Star Wars. So Dave Filoni originally planned the Clone Wars series as a story that wasn't about Anakin and Obi-Wan at all. He actually intended the story to be about a motley crew of a spaceship, including two Jedi and Ahsoka, who was then called Ashla had a different Jedi Master entirely, and was not intended to be familiar with Skywalker and Kenobi. Now, the name Ashla itself has a history. Originally, it was a term that was going to be used for the light side of the Force in George Lucas's very early drafts of Star Wars. And it was also used as the name of a Togruta in Attack of the Clones. And it was George Lucas who decided to move the story of the Clone Wars right into the middle of the Star Wars saga in between episodes 2 and 3, making Ahsoka Anakin's apprentice and using her to tell the story of how Anakin develops as a teacher and as a Jedi between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Moving on to number 7. Ahsoka is not a Jedi? Ahsoka is in an interesting position when she was on the run from the Jedi Order, it rustled her faith in their dogma, their dogma ways, and had her, she had to form her own path. Some theorize that this is a gray Jedi. The term gray Jedi, or the gray, have two different meanings. The first one is that it was used by Jedi and Sith to describe Force users who walk the line between the light and the dark sides of the Force without surrendering to the dark side. And the second meaning is that it described the Jedi who distanced themselves from the Jedi High Council and operated outside the strictures of the Jedi Code. However, those who were considered to be true gray Jedi met both qualifications and did not belong to any particular Force tradition. Ahsoka, she fully embraces the light side of the Force, but she does not commit to the narrow, strict rules of its Jedi Council usage of it. So she has the freedom to use the Force in whatever means she wants to. 
And this is exemplified in the Mandalorian because we see her kind of, when she goes to the village, she's, she's just killing people. And it's not in self-defense as would have been the way the Jedi view it, but she actually views them as bad people and wanted to take them down. Number eight, her species is more receptive to the Force. So according to the Old Republic video game, which I know a lot of you have played, you tell me about it all the time, the Trogudas are more receptive to the Force than other species. And their horns, which are called mantrals, they can pick up an ultrasonic wave, which gives them a slight advantage against their opponents. And also, since their value in tribal unity is very high, they would presumably have little difficulty serving the Order which always requires putting the needs of others before your own. And these traits make more receptive to the ways of the Jedi. Number nine, Ahsoka Tano might have poisonous teeth. Now this is just a rumor, but the rumor is that her species has poisonous teeth. And this is another detail about Togruta's species that is not directly stated in the Clone Wars, but instead this comes from the Legends universe, where Togruta's have a taste for a rodent called the Thithmiar, which they can bite into and kill painlessly. And because these rodents are known to have spasms after death, it gave the impression that the Torgruda had poisoned them with their teeth. The Torgruda canine teeth are poisonous, though they're just very precise, enough to paralyze their prey, even if they didn't know that they were doing it. Number 10. I find this to be one of the most interesting facts about Ahsoka, and this is true. It is in the Rebels Season 3, I believe. It might be Season 2, but it's definitely in Rebels. And this is that Ahsoka Tano is the only other Jedi besides Luke to take on Vader in a fight and actually have an advantage. One of the most famous battles in Rebels series happened while they were on the planet Malachor. Having already faced the Inquisitors and Darth Maul, they now had to face Darth Vader himself. And Ahsoka was always a target for Vader's, thanks to the knowledge of the time spent with Anakin Skywalker. That made her one of the few people capable of fighting out his true identity, which made her a risk. But in the instance of the Battle of Malachor, Ahsoka jumped into the fight in order to save Ezra and Kanan. Ahsoka and Darth Vader had an epic fight in the Sith Temple at Malachor, and here Ahsoka reveals her doubts about Vader's true identity and swears revenge on Vader and for Anakin's loss. She managed to damage Vader's mask, at which point all of her doubts about his identity were finally put to rest, and she could no longer doubt who the man behind the mask was. So that's it for the top 10 facts about Ahsoka Tano. Now, of course, these are my opinions. Don't have to be yours. I just found some of this was very interesting. So thanks for taking the time to listen to some of my theories. But a lot of this is really cool, and I did learn a lot, especially the part about Ahsoka's poisonous teeth. Uh, and of course, it's a rumor. It's not, it's not stated anywhere in novels or anything, but it could be true, and if it is so, that's actually pretty cool. I'm really excited to see Rosario Dawson continue to come back and play Ahsoka Tano, and I think, again, I think she does a great job. And um, Ashley Eckstein has... I took some interviews from her to further support some of these facts about Ahsoka Tano, uh, one of which being that, you know, she's not really a Jedi, which I found very interesting in The Mandalorian when she talks about, um, she doesn't deny that she 
is not a Jedi to Din Djarin when they first meet, and she he says he was looking for the Mandalorian. So it's a very interesting concept. There's still a lot of Ahsoka story missing, but we'll continue to get more as time goes on. And thank you guys so much for listening today. Tune in on Monday. We're going to talk about the most recent episode of The Mandalorian. I'm going to break it down with my co-host, Dean. And then tune in next Wednesday again, and we will talk more about whatever topic comes to mind. So thank you guys so much. Please check out the social media at Han Talks First Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. And now somehow, some way, somewhere this week, may the force be with you. 